All right. Let's get this out of the way first. The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed on Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast are solely those of the speakers, guests, and hosts, and do not in any way represent the thoughts or views or opinions of any other employer, partnership, or sponsor. The material and information in this podcast is for general information purposes only. It should be used at the listener's discretion. Let's see. Let's get back to the photo booth, make sure we're good. All right, we're giving it a shot. We're giving it a shot on the Mac today because... Dude, why wouldn't it happen that I get everything set up, get the lights set up, the computer set up, turn the camera on, start recording, the battery starts flashing immediately. So we're going to go with the MacBook today. Hopefully it turns out good. This might be the new way to do it. We'll see. But welcome back to the Tailboard Talks Firefighter Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm your host. And today we're talking about my favorite season. And that is not the holiday season. It is kind of. It's not anything like that. It's the grazing season. And it's my favorite because there's so much pie around and I get to eat it and I like it. I would estimate, I would estimate that in the past two shifts, I've eaten a full pumpkin pie, like a regular, whatever, nine or 10 inch pumpkin pie, and probably half approaching half of like a Costco apple pie. I'm not messing around. I love it. If it's out, I'm going to eat it. And I know I'm not alone. So I want to talk about this grazing thing because it's going to be the state we're in until like mid January, once we start to actually filter through the stuff that's at the end of the countertop that we just kind of been pushing off. And then we're going to settle for it a month from now or two months from now, because, well, I'm not going to stop eating. So I might as well just eat the stuff I didn't want originally. Anyways, grazing season. Now I'm only talking about work. I'm only going to talk about work on this because that's what um, that's when I do most of my grazing, to be honest. And whatever you do at home, that's your fault. That's your thing. I'm going to talk about work at the firehouse and grazing. I'm also not trying to necessarily justify it, but I am absolutely putting some context to it because it needs context. There's a lot of people out there that work out with no shirt on, that post videos of themselves doing awesome stuff, very high intensity stuff that will tell you all sorts of things about your food choices and how that makes you uh, what that means is you as a person and how they do their impossible routines routines and their food choices and all that. And uh, I can tell you that for a majority of firefighters, that's ridiculous, not attainable, and also I'm not interested in it. Um, you can have all the motivation in the world, but you, when you get back from your third ambulance call at two in the morning, I don't care about what you're doing in your idealistic world. I want some pie and I will eat it. So I'm going to offer some context because... On the other side of this, what typically happens or what I don't want to happen is the reverse crash of January 1st. And that's where you go full bore and try to make up for all the mistakes you made in the holiday months and end up with an injury or just burnt out or wasted a bunch of money on gym membership as a reflex to thinking you ate too much or too poorly in the couple months leading up to the new year. So that's what I'm doing. Come along with me, if you will. And let's talk about the grazing season. So the first thing I want to say is it's okay to like food. It's okay to like real food. Like I'm talking about like people say real food, like steak and eggs and vegetables. That's real food in one context, in one area. I'm talking about real food is in like pie and stuff made with butter and fat and salt and all the good things that taste good, make you feel good, uh, make you look forward to things, make you looking forward to getting up overnight because you know you're going to have a piece of pie. It's okay to like that stuff. And on the inverse of it, it's actually a thing where like if you try to hack it and make all these food substitutes, um, you'll feel better on the front end, but like, oh, I'm not eating full butter pie or whatever, you know, uh, not that I'm not talking about 
pie made out of butter, but like using butter in the crust or whatever, or full fat, any of those things. You may follow these weird like paleo or um, keto recipes, and then you might be like, well, it's healthy. I'm just going to eat the whole pie. And you really, you ate like three times as many calories, even though they're quote unquote good calories, as if you just ate a couple pieces of regular pie from Costco and enjoyed yourself and had a good time. So it's okay and sometimes beneficial to eat the food you want to because it may just scratch that itch. And now you're not eating an entire strawberry keto pie and then up worse in the end, but you're tricking yourself and you think you're being healthy. So let's start to get into this thing. Um, another point of um, advice I have is just do the damage and move on. Okay. Don't agonize over it. You know, it's there. And in your heart of hearts, you know, you're going to eat it. So just eat it. Just eat it. Make a joke about it. Call yourself fat if you want to. You can do a little self-shaming. It's a whole different conversation about fat shaming, self-shaming, negative self-talk. I'll tell you one of the most, some of the funniest things I've had though is bellying up to the the counter with my uh, crewmates eating pie and us talking about how fat we are. Adds humor into it. Enjoy yourself, man. It's only a couple months a year. And that's what we're going to talk about is putting into and conceptualizing the amount of damage you can possibly do in a few months, which truly, if we're just talking about on shift stuff, it isn't that much. You can definitely do it, but it's just not that much. It's not as bad as you think. So let's say, let's say we do a little quick math on this thing and uh, you have Thanksgiving and then you have Christmas and then you have New Year's and you probably got a few parties in there, but we're just sticking to the station talk right now. Let's say that you have um, a big meal on Thanksgiving at the station. Okay. That's one. And let's say, just for sake of argument, let's bring in the outside world for a second, even though I said I wouldn't. You have two more big meals outside of that. That's three big meals. You probably ate more and ate different stuff than you're used to, right? Um, Indulged, excessive amounts, let's say. That's three. Christmas, another three. New Year's, not likely, but another three, but maybe there's more booze in that one, right? Overall, if you do those three, 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 we're looking at nine days or nine meals where you overindulged. That's it. Nine. Of course, there can be more. Of course, the grazing can play into it on top of that. But nine days of bad eating, quote unquote, bad eating. Another conversation altogether too. Is nine days or are nine days really going to make that big of a difference? I would say probably not, right? I would say they're going to accentuate whatever you're doing before those nine days. um, But they're probably not going to be the reason you put on 30 pounds, or the reason that you can't climb up into the engine, or the reason that you can't squat 215. Other things are going to play into that, but we blame these nine days, right? And then we really come down hard on ourselves, and then we play the reflex crash game on January of like, now I got to get back in it. It's not that much. You're not doing that much damage by eating the food you want during the holidays. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is, I'm going to offer you a way to think about it uh, we talk about diet and money a lot. There, You can draw a lot of similarities between diet and money. Like, can I afford this? Can I blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm going to go the opposite way and say about spending, right? So let's assume that you make a bunch of money and you can buy some luxury items once in a while. And of course, like any anybody with a job that has a budget, you can only spend so much money on so many luxury items per year, right? Per season. Um, per month. And we we can actually view these meals and these grazing days as something you have to buy. So if I go look at a watch, right, a $300 watch, which is more than I've spent on a watch, I think. Yes, definitely more than I spent on a watch. 
I might only buy that $300 watch once a year because I'm like, this is a huge investment. I don't have enough money in the bank to buy a $300 watch every month. But you know what? It's a big deal. This milestone happened. I'm going to treat myself and buy this watch. Your meals can be like that. Are you blowing every, all your funds on one meal? Probably not, right? More than likely, even those meals, even though those meals feel huge and they feel like major events because you feel physically terrible or enormous at the end of them or bloated or whatever, they're probably like mid-range items, right? And you can afford to buy a couple mid-range watches like two or three times a year, right? And you can buy a couple cheap watches maybe once a month, like a $30, $40 watch. You might be able to buy one a month of those. And so look at that and draw your own parallels and draw your own assimilations to the food you eat. Do I have enough money in the bank? Do I have enough fitness in the bank or lifestyle in the bank to buy this meal? And I'm not saying you have to earn your meals, right? That's a thing that got thrown around a lot. I've heard it a ton. I've heard, um, you know, when you're doing a workout, oh, you burned a thousand calories. Well, that's that's, you know, one turkey leg and a side of mashed potatoes. So that's all you get to eat. That's not exactly true, especially depending on whatever kind of training you're doing or, and what you're doing around it. But thinking about like, okay, I'm going to buy this meal. Do I have enough money in the bank? Meaning work beforehand on my health and my fitness, my nutrition, my body fat, my body composition. Basically, can I afford to take on this meal? Most of the time it's yes. The other part that undercuts that is that there's really no um, penalty. If you overdraft on your fitness by eating too much, you do, there is, I guess there is a, a threat to it. You get chubby, right? Um, and if you do that a bunch of times, if you continuously overdraft, it's not like that your bank, your body's not going to hit you with overdraft fees. What's going to do is hit you with overdraft, uh, waistline. You're going <laughs> to, where your waistline will overdraft onto your belt and your belt buckle will face the ground. So I guess there is overdraft fees when it comes to eating, but that's the way to think about it, right? Do I have enough money in the bank to to buy this meal pretty much. And um, most of us do. And it's really not as bad as you think. And what I don't want to see people do is add one more point of stress onto the holidays by being overly critical about their food choices. Whatever you were going into the holidays, you're going to be pretty much exactly the same going out of the holidays, right? Whatever body composition you were in or cardio shape or size or whatever, or health status you were going into the holidays, you're probably going to be that two months later exiting the holidays. Of course, there's room for catastrophic events to happen. Of course, if you're on the tipping point before you go in, it may tip you into heart attack zone or bad stuff happening zone during it. Of course, like those are the risks that we take by overdrafting constantly, right? But if you're in a decent level of fitness, you got a program, you're following it and you decide that, you know what, nine times this year, Nine times in the next two months, I'm going to go a little haywire. I would bet that it's not going to make that big of a difference. Again, I'm not giving you necessarily permission to do it. I'm trying to contextualize it for you. So when you look back and last shift day is when I ate a bulk of the pie, didn't work out. Um, I can look at the broader picture then and say like, okay, well I didn't, but I'm also going to work out probably the next day after shift. And I average like three workouts a week and I don't graze that much at home because Katie won't let me. Um, so I'm in pretty good shape, right? Like pretty good status wise. And you can take your own audit of that and really put it to put it on paper if you really need to about what your spending limit is this holiday. You also have to be honest with yourself. If you are constantly overdrafting and you are a big dude, um, maybe you don't, maybe you should not. 
right? And I used to get a lot of, I'm not used to, I still get a lot of stuff for like eating a bunch of pie. And someone will say, hey, aren't you a fitness guy? Like, why are you eating all this pie? And I kind of choose to hurt feelings sometimes at that point because I say, no, no, I eat the pie because I'm a fitness guy. Because the impact of this pie on me is not going to put me over the edge, hopefully, like visibly put me over the edge. I might have some hidden stuff going on in there that I don't know about. And then this next piece of pie might put me over the edge, but fingers crossed that's not true. Knock on wood. Um, But no, I get to eat the pie. I get to. I choose to eat the pie with limited repercussions because... I've established a fit, a baseline level of fitness and conditioning that will let me get away with it. Basically, I'm not overdrafting frequently. And so I can spend more on a meal or two or up to nine in two months and overall be kind of the same coming out of it. Right. So the big part of this also is I used to do this article and this thing called the holiday slide every year. And it was basically that, like, let's count the number of meals we're going to have. Let's just all agree that the next two months are kind of a crapshoot. Um, even if you're on a very strict program, it's probably going to loosen a little bit. Your gym might be closed some days. You'll have more get togethers. You're, you'll be distracted with family stuff. So on average, you might just work out less and less over these next two months. But then a big part of that holiday slide is because you're sliding through it. Big part of the holiday slide is your exit plan coming out of it. And it doesn't have to be this huge elaborate exit strategy to get out of it. It just has to be like, okay, let's just start doing what we were doing before. And I talked about this a couple episodes ago how little of an impact, how little of a stimulus you need to make some actual considerable changes with your body composition and your weight loss or your strength gains. So maybe go back and listen to that one. Cause I'm not looking like January 1st, I'm training for the Ironman. It's all it's six hour training days and I'm going to be doing this and getting up at 4am. Not, not going to happen unless you're doing that already. Then good for you. Go back to it. What I'm talking about is like, man, starting in January, I should probably start trying to walk like a mile a day and then maybe start working out like once once a week, like for real working out. If you're doing nothing and you start walking a mile a day and working out once a week, that's a massive change. And I think it's helpful and healthy to think about that little bit of effort. It's easy for me to say that little bit of effort um, and considering that a big deal instead of what I think social media and society would say was like, okay, great. That's what you should be doing anyways. What can you do on top of that? And continuously asking for more and more. All that sets us up is to like peak really early and then crash really hard. That reverse crash I was talking about before. So hopefully this is a little more approachable nutrition talk. Uh, me basically telling you to eat pie. Hopefully it was more realistic than you've heard before instead of just watching people do insane workouts with kettlebells with no shirt on and you feeling bad about yourself and then going eating more pie anyways. Eat the pie. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family. Drink responsibly, please. Um, and just know that, hey, there's going to be a January and there's going to be a February and there's going to be a March. Let's play the long game this, with this thing and not agonize so much over each individual piece of pie we eat in the next two months because it's there and it's delicious and we're going to eat it. And if you don't, I will. All right. Let's keep this one short. Appreciate you guys for showing up. Thanks for hanging out. As always, if you ever like the show, send me a note. That helps me greatly. Just lets me know I'm doing the right thing. You guys care about what I'm talking about. If you feel super generous, there's a buy me a coffee button on the Force Shift Firefighter website, as well as on the podcast page that I share on social media, uh, the at fourth number four TH shift firefighter stuff. You can donate coffee money. And every couple of weeks, I'll, I'll put a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donuts gift card up there to give back to you guys. So thank you so much for listening. As always, let's all keep working on being more capable and durable, both on the job and away from it. We'll talk to you soon and be a fourth shift firefighter.